Born on a mountaintop in Tennessee Greenest state in the land of the free Raised in the woods so he knew every tree Killed him a bar when he was only three Davy, Davy Crockett Disney Pictures presents a classic case of catnapping. They're gone! That's terrible. What's gonna happen to us? The culprit is on the loose. He's the catnapper. The cats are on the run. Everybody out of here fast. But help is on the way. Charge! It's adventure. <laughs> Surprises. <laughs> Romance. And music. This is outrageous. It's scandalous. But most of all, it's quiet. It's delightful Disney fun. Everybody, everybody, everybody wants to be your cat. Everybody, everybody, everybody wants to be your it's Walt Disney's most cataclysmic comedy ever. The Aristocats. Meow. Welcome, everyone, to the second century of Be Kind Rewind. This is your Disney Plus movie podcast. I, of course, am Dan Teets, and with us tonight... Kyra Hawkins. How are you on this fine evening? I'm good. I'm ready to talk about cats. Ready to talk about cats? Well, that's, that's interesting because we're going to be talking. We're going to be talking animals for this week and next week, and I think we probably have different opinions on the two movies. You think so? Yeah, I, I'm. I have a feeling that you liked this movie, and I'm pretty sure that you were not quite as favorable on the second one. But we will get to that next. So we are teasing you to make you come back. To listen to the podcast right at the very beginning of the first episode. Yeah, so we are talking Aristocats. We are officially into the 70s, which means we are only 52 years behind in Disney time. Which means that by the time that I'm 100, we should be up to 2022, right? I think it'll go faster than that. (laughs) I hope it'll go faster than that. We've covered, let's see, I think my first episode this year was like... I don't remember which movie it was, but it was like early 60s, and now we're in, we've covered almost a decade since I joined, so. That's crazy. Time flies when you're having fun. Even when you aren't having fun, you're having fun discussing what fun you are not having. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, The Aristocats was actually a Christmas movie. It was released December the 24th of 1970. It did $28 million in box office, which is... 209 million in today's money so that's not too shabby of a movie i think this did spin this did um create a sequel like 20 years down the road i'm not sure that'll be looked up later on during the episode when we start getting into the questions but 
I remember bits and pieces of this movie. I can't actually say that I've watched it all the way through prior to sitting down for this podcast. What about you? Um, I had been aware of it, like, my entire life. Um, I've seen bits and pieces here and there, but I'd never actually sat and watched the entire thing and, like, really understood the plot at all. I just knew there was cats and there was a song. And Everybody was- wants to be a cat. Yeah, and there was even more to that than I knew about. So you knew about it. Was this one of them that your grandparents bought for you? Um, no, I actually think that this was one that I did. I think that's why I never really saw it, because um, we didn't own it hmm. for some reason. Okay. And I'm, like, intrigued that it's called, like, Wikipedia lists it as an animated romantic musical comedy. I could, I could see that. All right. So the synopsis, which comes to us, as always, care of Wikipedia, goes a little something like this. In 1910, excuse me, Mother Cat Duchess and her three kittens, named Berlois, Marie, and Toulouse, live in Paris with a retired opera diva, Madame Adelaide Bonfamille, and her English butler named Edgar. The cats are pampered pets that live a luxurious lifestyle and are very cultured in art and music like their own. One day, while preparing her will with her lawyer, Georges Hautecourt, Madame declares that her vast fortune will first be left to her cats, then revert to Edgar once they all pass away. Edgar overhears this through a speaking tube, and after erroneously calculating that he will die before he can inherit it, Plots to eliminate the cats. He sedates them by putting sleeping pills in a dish of cream, then drives them on his motorcycle out to the countryside in a basket. There he is ambushed by two hounds named Napoleon and Lafayette, losing his hat, his sidecar, his umbrella, his shoes, and their basket before escaping. The cats are left stranded on the countryside, while Madame Adelaide, Roquefort the mouse, and Frau Frau the horse discover their absence. In the mo- in the morning, Duch- excuse me, Duchess meets an alley cat named Thomas O'Malley, who offers to guide her and the kittens to Paris. The group briefly hitchhikes on a milk truck before being chased out by the driver. Later, while crossing a railroad trestle, the cats narrowly avoid an oncoming train, and Marie falls into the river. O'Malley immediately dives in and greets her and rescues her, and is himself rescued by Amelia and Abigail Gamble, two British geese on holiday. The geese lead the cats to the outskirts of Paris, then depart with their inebriated Uncle Waldo. Meanwhile, Edgar returns to the countryside to retrieve his possessions, the only evidence that can incriminate them, from Napoleon and Lafayette, and after some difficulty, ultimately succeeds. Traveling across the rooftops of the city, the cats meet up with... O'Malley's friend Scat Cat and his musicians, who perform the song Everybody Wants to Be a Cat. After the band has departed, O'Malley and Duchess converse on a nearby rooftop while the kittens listen in on a windowsill. Duchess's loyalty to Madame prompts her to decline O'Malley's marriage proposal. The next day, Duchess and the kittens return to Madame's mansion. Edgar finds them before Madame does 
and places them in a sack, deciding to ship them to Timbuktu. Roquefort catches up with O'Malley at Dutch's instruction, and O'Malley returns to the mansion, sending Roquefort to find Scat Cat and his gang. Though he struggles to explain the situation to the alley cats, Roquefort successfully brings them to the O'Malley's aid. O'Malley, the alley cats, and Frau Frau fight Edgar, while Roquefort frees Duchess and the kittens. At the end of the fight, Edgar is locked in his own packing case and sent to Timbuktu himself, never to be seen again. The Aristocats return to Madame Adelaide, who, ignorant of the real reason for Edgar's departure, rewrites her will to exclude him. After adopting O'Malley into the, into the family, Madame establishes a charity foundation, housing Paris' stray cats in the mansion. Scat Cat and his gang are the first to move in and reprise their song so loudly that the two hound dogs can hear it out in the countryside. The end. But Alright, so it's you said it was listed as an animated romantic musical comedy. Yeah, I didn't, I mean, there were a few laughs here and there. I'm not sure it's really a rom-com by today's standards. Well, wouldn't that be a rom-u-com? Yeah, that sounds weird. Also, is it a musical if there's only like two songs and one of them is really just the kids practicing? Well, no, there was actually six songs that were released on a album. There was the, um title sequence then the cats practicing then thomas o'malley cat then of course the one that we all know everybody wants to be a cat and she never felt alone which i'm not sure what that is i wonder if that's just part of the score and then we got the reprise which is at the very tail end of the movie everybody wants to be a cat i forgot about thomas o'malley's song so there's like besides score there's like two and a half songs. Yeah. I don't know if that counts as a musical. I don't. I didn't think it was a musical, but. Well, how many songs were in the greatest movie to ever come out of Walt Disney World? Too many. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and I think that I that was too many. That was probably also written as a romantic musical comedy, which there was very little comedy to it. And very little romance, really. But a whole lot of songs. Yeah. Oh. Let's not talk about that one, though. No. If you want to know what we are talking about, go back and listen to last week's episode 100. It was number one with a bullet on Kyra's worst top five. And the only reason why it didn't make mine... Actually, no, it was number two on your top five. The only reason why it didn't make my top five was because I knew it would be on yours. And I didn't was trying to not have too much overlap. Alright. Um, well, we got your favorite introduction to the movie. We have a content warning. Yeah. Do we want to discuss that or just... Um, I mean, I don't think it really needs a whole lot of breakdown. It's just more of the same that it seems like it always is. It's negative Asian stereotypes. Um, kind of mocks the Chinese language. He yeah. plays piano and drums with chopsticks. Um, oh, the worst part, I think, really, is that it was done by a white actor. Yeah, it was actually done by the person who, who was actually a ventriloquist, which makes it even weirder. It was uh, Paul Winchell, and I'm trying to see if there was a well-known 
um, like Statler and Waldorf that he was known for, for his sidekick, but I'm not seeing one. I think he was actually in... No, I'm sorry. Scratch that. I'm I'm thinking back to Fun and Fancy Free, where um, there was another ventriloquist and wooden American, I guess, would be the proper terminology for them now. That was actually like in the wraparounds of the two animated stories. Yeah, and in preparation for this, I was trying to find like the intro and the outro for the show. And they actually have his performance as the, quote, funny part of the show. And it was on like a 30 second loop. Did my sigh like make it into the audio? Like, yes. I'm... Okay, good. Because <laughs> that's how that's. What else is there to say, but just... (sighs) Yes. That was... It was not needed, but... I mean, I think this may actually be the last movie that Disney has. And then watching about three or four movies, we'll have another one that'll have a content warning for the exact same thing. We can't... We we seem to be getting towards the end of it, because audiences are starting to get a little bit smarter so to speak, mm-hmm. but they still want a funny ha-ha moment. And unfortunately, it's at the expense of people that don't actually need it. So. Yeah. I'm just so, like, I think I say this every time, but, like, I'm so glad that, like, we're learning how these things are actually harmful. Mm-hmm. And um, I think most people are making efforts to do better and to change that. So, let's get into the movie proper. When we start the movie, I don't understand how the one package that the missus has to carry is too heavy for her. And so, the suck-up butler that thinks he's going to get in everything but doesn't know that until five minutes later is all too happy to grab the box and grab it and take it for her. I'm... I don't really understand how, and, and I mean, we're, we aren't talking like a like a box that would hold a full-size Dalmatian here. We're talking like a little box the size of a modern laptop, if that. Um, I actually don't remember that. Like, I didn't put it in my notes. I don't, like, what was in the box? I don't think they ever, I don't think they ever said it. It, it was just, it's another thing that was there for laughs, but it didn't make me laugh because I was like, well, if it's one box, unless she is an old, frail woman, which there is no indication that she is, she should be able to handle it. Yeah, that brings up a, like a thought that I had that was like, <laughs> whatever, she's retired. She's working on her will. But like, does she really think that her cats are going to outlive her? To the point that she leaves everything to the cats. Well, if you hear the butler who starts thinking, well, the cats all have nine lives. They all live 12 years. So that's nine times 12 times five. Yeah, they're going to outlive me. He, d- Yeah, he does like some really sketchy math that doesn't really make sense. But like, I just wonder, what was she thinking? Well, I'm thinking she's thinking... And there's a whole lot of thinking going on. Yeah. That the cats are going to have kittens, and then those kittens are going to have kittens, and the and the kittens are going to go on in perpet, in, per, in forever. 
perpetuity. Yes, that word. Thank you. <laughs> so it was, it, it never, I don't think it made sense to, I mean, I guess it's one of those where you just shake your head and go, it's Disney, so we'll just let it, let it ride. Yeah. I mean, I know there are some people that do, like, leave things to their pets to make sure they're cared for, but I don't know. I just, whatever. I guess, I guess if the, it doesn't ever really say how old um, Duchess is, but, like, if the kittens all live 20 years, then maybe, ah, because it depends on how old Madame Adelaide is, too. But it's just, I don't know. Maybe I gave it too much thought. Shouldn't no. be thinking about that. No, you you didn't give it too much thought because I I was applying the same amount of thought to it. Well, now getting back to how old Adelaide is, how could a lady that is getting up in years have a house with that many? And why was there not a pratfall in the movie where somebody fell down the steps, either trying to get away with the cats or chasing after the cats for something like that? I mean, you'd expect with Disney movies that are already taking lowbrow humor with whatever the Asian cat's name is. Yeah, I don't remember. I I didn't even bother to learn it. Um, is it just me or was the little female cat mean? Marie was a huge brat. Okay. Yeah, like I mean, she's adorable. Oh yeah. But- it was like you could tell that she was kind of the favorite. Um, I think <laughs> part of me is like, I don't want to talk about this because that's how it is in our house with, <laughs> with my youngest. <laughs> but mothers love all of their children equally. Yes, but like she's the baby. <laughs> but like you could, there was kind of that dynamic. But it yeah. seemed like the boys kind of got to do whatever they wanted to, also. Yeah, I, I I think I think they must have been the first litter for Duchess, mm-hmm. and she hadn't learned that you can't let your kids get away with anything and everything that they wanted to. Yeah, did it ever talk about? No, it didn't address this. Like you're just supposed to accept that Duchess has kittens that all look different, and like, did she have a husband? She kind of like, I don't. We'll get to this, but like. She kind of marries Thomas later, so yeah. Where where's Daddy? <laughs> oh my gosh, I'm. I mean, I thought it, but it's yeah, it's never brought up, and yeah, you you you, you don't think about it, so yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's a kids' movie. You're not supposed to, I <laughs> guess. But like, as an adult, I'm like, where? What happened to the dad? Well, it is also a Disney movie, so there probably was a death involved because a parent always has to die in every animal Disney movie that there is. I mean, later on, Thomas, like when they're kind of in the city, not like kind of lost, I guess, um, he's saying something about how the kittens need a father figure in their life. So I don't know. I'm just like, I had... I, I put way too much thought into this. It's like, was like, was there an accident? Did the dad die? Did um, was he an alley cat? I don't know. Did the butler run over him in an attempt to get some of the millions before they even happened, or did I just take it way too dark? You took it dark. I was like worried about Duchess's reputation. Like, where has she been? 
What was she doing? I... <gasps> oh my gosh. I'm already I'm already writing the the um the introduction for the for the actual podcast on this one. <laughs> All right. Well, let, let let's go let's go ahead and move on to move move away from the Duchess of Ill Repute. Duchess is a single mom. That's all you need to know. Yeah. <laughs> Until she meets Thomas Abraham De Lacy Giuseppe Casey Thomas O'Malley. And they meet because she and the kittens are lost. Yes. Because the butler um what was the butler's name? The butler. You can write it down. Edgar. Edgar. So Edgar, like, overhears Adelaide, like, dictating her will to the lawyer or whatever. Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, no, I've got to get rid of these cats because then I'll get the fortune. Um, and he doesn't finish the job, thankfully. Well, let me let me stop you right there because, I mean, we've already taken this movie to a much darker, grittier <laughs> DC Universe reboot. The fact that the butler actually drops sleeping pills into the cat's milk, and I can't remember how much he actually dropped in there. It was a lot. It it probably would have taken out an elephant. He gave, he like, he shook some in, and then he gave it a few more shake shakes. <laughs> there were a lot. Yeah, so I was already... And remember, I I had never watched the movie in its entirety in my 47 years of life. So I'm thinking, well, one of the kittens is going to end up not being around for the rest of the movie. And then they all just fall asleep. And the mouse, Roquefort, like you would think that it would kill a mouse. Yeah. I guess we're glad that it didn't. But... Or maybe it was the fact that he was boiling the milk, making it, which dissipated the effectiveness of the sleeping pills yeah i don't know like edgar he seems so sweet at the beginning like i didn't think that that's how the movie was going to (laughs) turn but then like he drugs the cats and is like gonna kill them i don't think he intentionally dropped them off the bridge into the river i think like there was like an accident um and then he just is gross i didn't he's dark he took it to a dark place before you did (laughs) See, I'm kind of wanting, since Disney has been doing prequels a lot, because they did Maleficent, and then they did um, Cruella, why can't they give us Edgar's backstory? Um, or would it just be I was born into a, t- born into a, a butlery, or whatever you call the, into a family full of butlers, and we... This you know is how we made. This is how we got our th- got by. As you're saying that, I'm thinking of um, John, whatever his name is, from The Happiest Millionaire. Like we don't need another Butler movie. <laughs> they already did that. No more Butler movies. Yeah, but this is the bad Butler. This isn't the goofy. I'm going to turn and talk to the camera for three minutes and then sing a 12 minute song, Butler. He like. He gets rid of the cats, he goes back, and then he's like, um, everyone's devastated, and he's just like, hoo, 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 and then he's bragging about it to the horse. Like, you would think that that he, like, they, someone would know, Adelaide would know that something was off, 
because she's yeah. devastated about losing her cats, and he's just going about everything like normal. Yeah, he if he wanted to get away with it, first of all, in a world where animals talk, even if you don't know that they do, you don't start bragging about it to every horse, dog, and mouse that you meet. You don't say it out loud at all. Yeah. This is how to get away with a crime. Don't talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> or if you're going to talk about it, do it when you're by yourself in the middle of the field, not being chased by Mr. Haney and Goober from Andy Griffith and um, Green Acres. Talking about the other dogs? Yes. They were funny. Um, they were probably the best part of the movie, just because once I was like, I recognized, I recognized Goober's voice right off, and I'm like, all right, I'm in love with this movie, even though it is a terrible principle, just because I need more Goober in my life. Well, and you're going to get it when we get to 1973, because... Robin Hood? Robin Hood. Because Napoleon and Lafayette are both, like, in Robin Hood, it's the Sheriff of Nottingham and Trigger the Vulture. <laughs> I I recognize the voices. Like, I always, like, put it together, and then I have to go check to make sure. And, yes, I was right. It's like, yep, that's Trigger and the Sheriff. Well, and speaking of Robin Hood tie-ins, and also to Jungle Book tie-ins, mm -hmm. Thomas O'Malley playing or being played by Baloo in his only non-bear role. Yeah, because then he's little John. I'm excited. Um, but yeah. I, can, I can tell you're excited. You're, you're, it seems like you're getting more and more excited the closer we get to pushing that movie away until the end of next year. No. 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 <laughs> I reject that. Um, so uh, let's get this train back on the tracks. So, yeah, we meet Thomas, a.k.a. Baloo, a.k.a. Little John, because Duchess and the Kittens are lost. And I – so – I know it's like kind of complaining about how this movie isn't really a rom-com, but the part where he introduces himself to Duchess um, really was really cute. Um, Cause he's just like, Hey, and um, how like you doing? How you doing? Yeah. And then he sings the whole song and is like all into it. And then he realizes she has kids and it's like, Oh, Oh, Yikes. Yeah, and that's actually the that's actually one of the notes as he starts to backpedal as soon as the kittens show up. Cuz when he's thinking that it's just him and her, yeah, no problems. I'll take you wherever you need to go, baby. Mm -hmm. Just stick with me, honey. We'll we'll get you back to Paris or I think it was Paris that they were headed to, right? Yes. Yeah, they disappeared from Paris. Yeah. So, so, so they they start heading back. And Edgar starts blabbing his mouth to everybody and everything that he sees about how he's perpetrated the greatest crime. And then he realizes he's left his umbrella, he's left his hat, he's left his sidecar. <laughs> which I think if I would have been driving back and looked down and saw that my sidecar was missing, I don't think I would have made it back to the house. I would have turned around and gone and gotten that to start with. Yeah. I didn't understand, like, did he just not notice? Well, I think because he was getting chased by Goober and Mr. Haney, he was more concerned about saving his hide, quite literally. Yeah, yeah. But then, like, when he goes back, we get that great scene of 
Like, those dogs were just funny. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, the dogs were probably the best part. They, now you're making me really start to look forward to Robin Hood. Yeah. <laughs> and we're... I think they were just like two bit parts in the movie. They they didn't they didn't have a part other than just to chase any car or vehicle or horse that was to go by their place. Yeah, they didn't it? have any interaction with the cats or that I remember or any other characters. They were just there on the farm and then they get messed with uh by Edgar and then hilarity ensued. Yes, but unfortunately, Edgar gets everything back, and he's thinking, once again, he's gotten away with a perfect crime. And then O'Malley takes them back to Paris, Mm -hmm. and they meet up with the controversial racist band. Yes. A.K.A. the Scat Cats, which we had a Russian, a Italian, an English a Chinese, and Scatman Crothers, who actually was playing Scat Cat. I mean, kudos for, like, multicultural influence, I guess, but they did it Mm -hmm. grossly, so maybe not so so much. Yeah, it wasn't quite as bad as a Jungle Book, but... Yeah, and so, like, they sing their whole big song, like, it goes on for... What felt like forever. Like, I didn't mind it. It wasn't like the like in some other musicals where it's like, this song is going on way longer than it needs to. It does go on a long time. But Are we talking some... about the three costume changes? Yes. Um, like, it wasn't that bad. I mean, because they were like, just everybody was doing different little parts and it was cute. And then, um, I don't even know why I wrote this down, except like, there's a part where Duchess sings a cute little solo um and part of the lyrics i didn't write all of the phrase down but it starts with if you want to turn me on and i was like duchess this is a disney movie ma'am now we know how the three kids came about (laughs) and we're both just shaking our heads (laughs) because there's nowhere else to go with that yeah (laughs) so I just, um, yeah, I was like, wow. Uh, I mean, maybe that meant something different. Um, I don't really know. I, I, I only know the it, one context, and I, I was like it appalled. Meant the same thing in the seventies that it means today. And right after the song, I don't know which of the kittens wrote it down, but one of them, or which one of the kittens wrote it down, which one of the kittens said. Mom is going to work for Mr. O'Malley. Oh, well, yeah, I wrote that down because um, they like they're in the city. They're they, you know they put the kids to bed. They're like being all sweet and romantic outside and having like a you know we could really get together. You know, like they're they're hashing out their relationship. Yeah. Twenty four hours after they met, I guess time works different for cats. Um, <laughs> yeah, because they only live for twenty years, so a day is I don't know. Yeah, well, um, it's Disneyfication they're like, too. They're working out like, hey, this could be something, and you know, how could we make this work? And and uh, I think he says, because she's like, is there a Mrs. O'Malley or whatever? 
And he says, well, if you're applying for the job and the kittens hear that and Marie says, oh, boy, Mama's going to go work for Mr. O'Malley. I thought it was cute because like kids don't understand the context of. Yeah. But now that we're trying to write the troubled backstory of a young cat in Paris. (laughs) That's what we need is a dark Aristocats. Yes. So we go back to the house, and meanwhile, Edgar is still just celebrating that he is the greatest villain of all time, and he shoots Roquefort with a champagne cork. Oh, I don't remember that. Yes. And so the rest of the cats come back right after this, and somehow Roquefort sees them get swept up into a burlap sack for the second time in the movie. Mm Mm-hmm. And he has to go find the cat that brought him back, which, of course, is O'Malley. And O'Malley says, well, I'll go take care of Edgar. You go find Scat Cat. And Roquefort's like, excuse me, no. I'm a little mouse, and they're alley cats. They'll eat me. Did it it show him get to them and tell them what was going on? Because I don't remember. Yeah, it did. But my, my thing is, I mean, yes, Paris is a big city, but... How do you expect for a mouse that pretty much lives in that house to know where to go to find alley cats if you don't tell them where to go? Yeah. And well, it would have taken him like four days to get to wherever they were in Paris, probably. Yeah. Oh, well, we're not supposed to think about that. But So um, Edgar's like going to mail the cats in a trunk to Timbuktu. And first mm-hmm. of all, there were no air holes in that trunk. Secondly... That whole bit made me think of uh, Garfield trying to mail Nermal to Abu Dhabi. Yes, another great, another great cat cartoon cat. So while he is throwing them into the box with no air holes, Scat Cat and his Scat Cats are coming back, following Roquefort, and this was probably the second funniest scene of the movie. The guy that was sitting at the little bistro drinking his wine. And he sees the cats and Roquefort walk by. And he pours out his wine. Oh, I don't, I don't remember that. It's, it's just, it's, it's the fact that you think you've been drinking for far too long during the day. So you have to stop. <laughs> and obviously never take up the drink again. That's <laughs> fun. And so that must have happened like... For one of, like, during the five seconds I looked away, because <laughs> I, I don't remember that at all. But, like, yeah, that's funny. That's a funny visual. Yeah. So they all get back, and Edgar and the Scat Cats and O'Malley are all fighting, and the horse chips in, and they're all fighting with Edgar, and. Somehow, Roquefort's told to go pick the lock, which, once again, I guess we're supposed to just suspend disbelief on that. But he tells everybody to stop fighting so that he can pick the lock. And they actually stop so he can hear what's going on. And then after he's done picking the lock, they all start back up with the fighting. So, did even Edgar stop during that time? Yes. It's like, oh, okay. Yeah, because the mouse is talking, and it's a Disney movie, so if the mouse speaks, you have to listen to him. Did he hear him? I think so. I don't... For, 
I don't know why I don't remember this part. Like, I remember the lock picking and getting the cats out of the trunk, but I don't remember, I don't remember Edgar's, like, hearing the mouse. So well, that's, that's the way that I misremembered it, so I'm probably completely wrong. <laughs> but, yeah, the, the fight stops long enough for, for Roquefort to actually pick the lock, and the cats get out, and the horse kicks Edgar into the chest which has no holes no air holes yeah and it slides out the door right in time for the afternoon pickup to come pick him up and we're and he's never seen again yeah and so uh, yeah there's no air holes and i thought wouldn't he be like yelling his lungs out in there like wouldn't the workers the shipping company or whatever like wouldn't they hear him you would think but he might have been knocked out long enough for him to for them to load him in and then we just don't think about it because it's disney so yeah i didn't think about like oh he's probably unconscious but he's locked in the trunk with no air holes and he's getting sent across the world so um maybe rest in peace edgar (laughs) well We'll see. We'll wait on. We'll wait on um, Disney to give us the gritty reboot of Edgar that we never asked. Or I actually did ask for. Didn't you say there was a sequel? Well, the sequel actually got canceled, according to um, Wikipedia. Oh, okay. I was gonna say, like, I guess we could see the villain come back, but whatever. Um, so after that, it seemed like everything resolved so quickly. Adelaide is reunited with her cats. And then really without any um, ex- explanation or exposition, like we're just kind of catapulted a little bit into the future. Mm-hmm. And Thomas is part of the family and she's adopted all the other cats and turned her house into a cat sanctuary. Yeah. So she turns into the original old cat lady. Yeah, but she's got a lot of money, apparently, to take care of them, so good for them, I guess. Well, until all the cats in Paris find out that she's actually opened up her house, and then two two months later, she's broke, because she's got four million cats running around. Yeah, she's spent all of her fortune on the cats. The city has to intervene. <laughs> I We've seen these stories in the news. Yes. <laughs> oh, I hope not, because I liked... I liked Adelaide, even though, like, you don't really see a whole lot of her. She seemed like a pretty cool lady. Yeah. Yeah. So the gritty reboot does not have to end with the two months later with Adelaide (laughs) sitting in her chair. While control busts down the door. (laughs) What have I done? Why did I say every cat in the city could come? Yeah. The end. Um. So before we get to the questions, um, <laughs> I didn't mention this when we were talking about all the other voice actors in the movie, but Roquefort is um, voiced by Ster- Sterling Holloway, who is Winnie the Pooh, which we've heard him. He was in Jungle Book, too. Yeah, um, he played um, the snake, wasn't it? Yes. Ka. Uh, yes. So do you have anything else that we should pitch to Disney before we get into the questions about why they made this movie about a cat, a single cat with a rich old lady. Um, well, one thing we didn't talk about was, um, 
the geese, the two geese, I don't even remember their names. I didn't write them down. But um, they were twin sisters, I guess. And oh, yeah. They were fun. Like, they were, <laughs> they're like classic, um, like, Granny Linda type that's like, I'm trying, I'm, I, believe I'm being helpful, but really I'm making things worse for you, but I have good intentions. Yes. Uh, They were funny. And then when they get back to Paris and meet their like uncle and he's just like a super drunk goose. (laughs) But in his defense, the only reason why he was drunk was because there was a chef trying to marinate him in port. Yeah. He was being, he's about to get cooked. Like, do you marinate a live goose? I don't know, but the geese were funny. I, I, if they, they weren't as funny as the dogs, but yeah. I liked, I enjoyed their scenes, and um, I, I thought, now that would be a fun movie. <laughs> but they probably work better as bit parts, anyways. Yeah, or like a short. Yeah, a series of shorts. Yes, the dogs, the geese, and the dark underbelly of Edgar. <laughs> All right. Well, we will go ahead and switch gears into the serious part of the show, as if this show isn't serious at all. Put your glasses on. Yes. So let me take my glasses off. Push them up. (laughs) No, no, you have to leave them at the end of your nose so you can see them like that doesn't work for me. It Uh, used to, but it doesn't anymore. Sometimes I think, oh, we should, like, publish the videos of the recordings on YouTube, but then I think, um, maybe I'm glad that we don't. (laughs) I make a lot of faces. I, I know I do. (laughs) The faces are the, are the best part when we're talking and I say something and, and the crowd doesn't get to see it. So I'm the only one. Then you have to describe it. (laughs) Yeah. All right. So first question, as always, let me get back to my questions is what is today's impact on this movie? Obviously, we aren't even going to say what we've already described, which is the two words that appear at all bad. Um, Yeah, that one's pretty obvious. So, um, I don't know if there really is. I mean, you could have the same movie pretty much. Like, Finding Lost Cats doesn't really work all that differently now versus then. It's just that there would be some internet sleuthing involved. Yeah. But then if you've got an old lady, she might not even be able to know what the internet is. So it would make for an interesting, she has to go get her grandson or her 17th cousin four times removed to help her to get onto the Bing to find out how to Google something. I think if they were to make this today, they wouldn't have to change too much. And it would be a movie that I would actually watch just to see what, the 21st century actually brings to is this mirrored in society well we've talked about there was actually a couple of things that were proposed and i'm pulling up the good old official wikipedia since wikipedia never lies or that we are aware of um there where is it here come on now all right in 2005 disney originally planned to make a follow-up to this film along with sequels to Chicken Little and Meet the Robinsons. Uh-huh. Originally intended to be a 2D animated feature, Disney executives decided to produce the film in computer animation 
in order to, get, to garner more interest. Additionally, the story was meant to center around Marie, Natural. who becomes smitten by another kitten aboard a luxury cruise ship. However, she and her family must soon take on a jewel thief on the open seas. Mm, I think I'm glad this movie didn't get made. But it was canceled when John Lasseter was named Disney's new chief creative officer. So he called off all sequels they had planned and instead started to make toys. Good call. Yes. Mm -hmm. There was also a television series that was commissioned in 2000, but production was put on hold in 2001 and was restored restarted in 2003 and it was once again scrapped when Disney acquired Pixar. So Pixar has canned two movies or a movie yeah. and a TV show. I just like I'm glad that didn't get made either. It's not necessary. And I didn't even realize this. In January of this year, so we are talking five months ago, it was announced that a live-action remake is in development. That's so, really there we go. Maybe we'll get more of Duchess's backstory. Maybe. So, this is a very well-loved film because Disney doesn't remake movies that are not well-loved by people. No, actually, I can't think of a movie that was that hasn't been remade that wasn't trying to get the new audience in because it was loved by people of our age. Yeah, I mean, there's a reason that things get remade, yeah. and but it's just the remakes don't always hit. I mean, I'll be interested in this one, I guess. Yeah, now it'll, it. it'll probably go directly to Disney Plus, so we might see that at Christmas. And we will keep you apprised of anything that we might or might not find out. So, third and final question. How does it fit into today's society? Or does it? Um, I mean, I guess it probably does. Like, even if you don't know um, anything about the movie or any of the characters' names, like, you recognize at least Marie. Mm -hmm. My daughter knows who Marie is. Like, like... When I said I was watching the Aristocats, she wasn't sure what I was talking about. And then she's like, oh, is that the one with the cute white kitten? <laughs> like, so she knew it was a Disney thing. She just wasn't real clear on the finer details. Yeah. And like I said, I've I've watched bits and pieces here and there. Normally when it's like flipping through channels and nothing on, you watch until the commercial break or something like that. Yeah. Back when you watch things to commercial breaks. Like, I feel like there's probably some, like, kids' clothes with Marie. Yeah. Uh, but only Marie. Like, you don't see any of the other kittens, usually, that I know of. But I mostly only look at the little girl stuff, because I have a little girl. Yeah. Yeah, I might have to start looking for Roquefort, or... I don't, definitely not Edgar. I would not want Edgar on a yeah. piece of... But, yeah, that... If some of you know of apparel that was made for the Aristocats for other than Marie, send us an email. You can get us at BeKindRewindDMP at gmail.com. And the DMP does stand for Disney Movie Podcast. And we will read your email on the air on a future show. So do you, can you think of anything else since we pretty much dragged this over the San River and back? No. I mean, so, like, would I watch it again? I guess. I, I mean, I wouldn't pay close <laughs> attention. I would, it's, it seems like a kind of movie to have on in the background. 
Yeah. For me. Yeah. Like, I know some people really love it, but I thought it was okay. You thought it was okay? All right. Well, yeah, it'll probably be one that I'll probably watch with Thompson when he gets to be a little bit older and we start introducing him to classic Disney movies. It'll be this and Avengers, because <laughs> by that time, Avengers will be classic. Avengers is classic. Are you kidding me? It was classic the week it came out. Eh. Are we talking the original or Endgame or any of the ones in, in between? All of them. Okay. I mean, there were, I guess, a couple stinkers, but... <laughs> and we will find out which ones you think are stinkers when we get to the Marvel Cinematic Universe in approximately 15 years. Ish. Give or take 10. All right. Well, as always, we have homework. And it's not your bad... It is not your bad... Oh, I gotta read three chapters for history class tomorrow. No, we make things fun here, even if the movies are not always the best. Your homework for next week is another movie from 1970 or 71? Um, 71. Okay, so we are actually moving right on along. It is another Dean Jones movie starring the new Disney star Sandy Duncan, who I think was Peter Pan from the live musical. Possibly. Right? Yeah, that's right. Okay. Didn't know that. So the movie for next week is the rollicking good time that is the Million Dollar Duck. So as you know, we've done a hundred episodes. We are still waiting on emails to let us know what your top five worst five is from the hundred. So drop us an email. Let us know what you think. We actually have some new listeners in Brazil. So hola. I don't know if that's the right introduction. We're going to say yes. Thank you for coming to the show. We look forward to having y'all around for many episodes to come. But until next week, stay safe, stay hungry, and watch out when your, bro- when your butler brings you milk. <laughs> don't drink it. <laughs> Talk to y'all later. Thank you for listening. You can send us feedback at BeKindRewindDMP at gmail.com. We welcome any kind of feedback, and it might get read on the air in a future podcast. Once again, the email address is BeKindRewindDMP at gmail.com. If you have a moment, please rate and review our podcast on whatever streaming service you are listening to us on. This and word of mouth are the two ways to help us reach a larger audience. Thank you in advance for doing this. Thank you again for listening, and we hope you have a great day. Goodbye. Thinks a swinging cat. Oh boy, fellas, let's rock the joint. Ha ha, groove it, cats. Fortune cookie always wrong. <laughs> That's a hot one. How about you and me, Duchess? Yes, let's swing it, Thomas. Groovy, Mama, groovy. Blow it, small fry. Blow it. Boy, he brew it. <laughs> But he was a cause.